1: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
2: Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to
3: differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling with Freddie. I appreciate you guys hanging with us for this long. No guests today. It's story time. Get ready. Welcome to the Federation. And WWF starts right now.
2: Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr.
3: Today's episode is going to be a little different. I've, I've spoken a lot about the things I've been proud of. The things I I thought I did well, but we haven't spoken about any of the mistakes. We haven't spoken about the, the learning process and the hard lessons and things that I wish I could have back. So today's episode is all about that. Today, we're going to focus on one wrestler in particular, and that's the former Divas champion, Michelle McCool, a situation that I had with her that I just really wish I could have taken the whole thing back. But I had been at the company about four months. And in that amount of time, I had written a few promos that the company really liked. I started getting assignments that were larger than just, hey, we need you to do a promo for Wrestler X on Tuesday night, which was our SmackDown episodes when we would record them. And so I got tasked by Stephanie McMahon to write a divas story. They, they called it the divas title and the female wrestlers were divas then, which i always thought was so stupid. So this was the story I was writing. And she said, I were signing awesome Kong, which was this female wrestler named Kia Stevens. And to see her is to just be in awesome Kong. I mean, she's my height and she's huge. And when she wrestled in TNA, she had an amazing story with Gail Kim. It was where they would just throw these matches together. Gail could spin around and was small and light. And Awesome Kong, Kia Stevens, could just be a, a tree. And, and it was like watching a tire swing, swing around her. It was, it was really cool. So we had signed her. And we had another wrestler named Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix actually wrestled in high school on the boys' team. She lifted weights. She is buff, jack. Not like shredded like 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 a Bruce Lee kind of shred, like a buff woman who could go in there and pick up anybody and smash them. So those two were the ones I was assigned to create a WrestleMania match for. This was all the way back in two thousand and seven. Now, this wasn't a request from Vince or from Kevin Dunn. This was a a request from Stephanie McMahon, who was working on the women's division and making it mean something all the way back then with incredibly limited success. But you can look at where it is now, and she's had her her thumbprint on each and every one of those those steps to to the top, which is where I feel they're at right now. So my WrestleMania card was going to be Awesome Kong, who they hadn't named Karma yet, which was what they tried to debut her as uh, before she mysteriously left the company and the whole thing went to pot. It was Beth Phoenix as the baby face, and it was Awesome Kong as the heel. So how do you bring this woman in? Well, the way they brought her in, or tried to, were these vignettes where you would just see this like Barbie doll and the head get ripped off. And the philosophy behind it was here comes this monster who they were going to call karma, hate all the pretty girls and want to destroy all the pretty girls because Barbie doesn't represent what a real woman is. It's a it's a fraud. And all these women have been deceived. And they took pieces from my story when they actually try, did their vignettes. But I never had any of the, the Barbie doll stuff in there. This was more Kia could talk. So I thought it would be good to to allow her to tell her story. I like when heels tell their story more than when baby faces do. I feel like baby faces, someone else should tell their story. Otherwise they're talking about how great they are, but a heel can give you their philosophy and you can hate them for it, or you can get behind it. And in this case, I thought we could get a little bit of both. So you have this woman who wants to destroy all these perfect Barbie dolls. And and these are the girls like the Kelly Kelly's, that they had there, whose real name is Barbie. Like her real name is Barbie, born Barbie. They called her Babs, I think was her nickname. She's super cool. This was going to be like her first victim was Kelly Kelly. And as she sort started to come through and destroy all of the girls that weren't really going to compete for the championship, these could be squash matches for her, we'd be holding back the first challenge that she was really going to have, which was Natalia Nightheart. And Natty was going to give it a good go, but Natty would eventually lose to her as well. Which brings us to Gail Kim, who had the history with her in TNA and the company had also just signed. And this was going to be the first test that our awesome Kong had. And Gail would get some serious offense off, but eventually would fall. And that's when Kong would call out for Michelle McCool The divas champion, I want to say women's champion. That's what she was. She would call her out and say, I'm coming for that title. I'm writing this story up. And all I've been told is, hey, write me this WrestleMania story. And it's not just for Kia and Beth. It's, you know, I want you to include all of our divas in there. So that's kind of why you get the long backstory. So I write this up and I give it to Steph and she really likes it. And Freebird really likes it. And it goes all the way to the top. It goes to Vince. And uh, it's approved, but not my, the WrestleMania match is not guaranteed. That's the goal, right? So I have Michelle losing the, the Divas Championship at the Royal Rumble, which happens a few months, uh, just a few months, a couple months before WrestleMania. And I have her losing with dignity and I have her giving us a, a real match. I said this at the beginning of the podcast. I had been in the company maybe four months, maybe four months. I didn't realize. The belt meant so much to so many different people. It, it didn't mean that much to others. If they had the I, the Intercontinental title belt, they weren't really in on when they were going to lose it or not. It was it was the, the company that decided that. Uh, same with the United States title. Same with the tag team titles. And I'm green as all hell. I'm a complete rookie. I have no idea the politics of it. Michelle never came to the promo class, so I didn't really know Michelle at all. And I go to work. We're on the road and in somewhere in the arena, you know, backstage. And uh, Michelle says, Stephanie said you wanted to talk to me about the women's storyline. And we sit down at a, like a cafeteria table. That's where we work, where everybody's eating. So we're off to the side and I start pitching it to her what it was going to be, which was it wasn't right on my part. I get to the Royal Rumble and I, I explain to her that she'll be, you know, the suggestion is that she drops a title at the Royal Rumble. And then I keep telling the story of where it finishes because she deserves to know the whole story. And it gets all the way to WrestleMania, which would be Beth and Kia. And her face just goes pale. All the color just drops right out of just literally right out of her skin. And right away, I know I've done something terrible. I just don't know what it is yet because I didn't. This is hindsight, right? And I was in the moment. So I look, I go, what, what, what's wrong? What's wrong? And her eyes well up and I'm like, Oh my God, what did, what did I do? What did I do? And she said, I didn't, I didn't think I'd be losing the belt before WrestleMania. And I didn't, again, I didn't understand how much that title meant to her because the only other sort of interaction I had was on the men's side with, the IC in the U S belts, which got traded quite frequently, although not when it was on MVP. So I just didn't, I didn't think it was a big deal. I said, I said, yeah, I was, I was asked to make Kia Stevens and Beth Phoenix for WrestleMania. And this was the best way I thought, I thought we could get there is, is there a problem? She's not here to, to give her side of the story. So I'm not going to say all the, all the stuff that she said, but she was, she was upset in hindsight, rightfully. So let me, Kind of paint a bit of a picture of the women 's division back then, they did not have anywhere near the respect that they have today, and I mean that in every sense of the word they weren't treated fairly, their matches were not treated fairly, their characters were not treated fairly, nothing about it oh well hey life's not fair no, it was beyond that. It was simply there was no opportunity, period. I never forget about the mullahs. Or the the Lita and, and Trish generation, like they all, they all unlocked the door for these next generations. But Michelle fell in this void in between Lita and Trish and in between the Bella revolution that happened where there was just nothing there and everything that was written for her and everyone else, at least when I was there on the women's side, was just, a brick wall, constantly running into a brick wall and planning matches that you know were going to get cut, matches that were promised to them, not promised, but promised to them, hey, you're going to have 10 minutes at the pay-per-view. And then it would get cut down to five minutes. And then after the production meeting, it was just the dark match that didn't even make it to the pay-per-view. So they were struggling. Michelle was getting five minutes to tell a story in the ring. That's with her entrance. That was one minute. And her opponent's entrance. That was one minute. So now they have three minutes to have a wrestling match. Three minutes. That's, cra- that's crazy. And she was good. She was somebody who constantly tried to bring reality to her, to her matches. She tried to bring in real MMA with heel hooks and jujitsu submissions. She, she had a passion for that, as did her husband, the Undertaker. So she was constantly battling in a, in a time where the company just didn't blink. They just didn't blink when it came to the women's division. So, so here I am with the champion and she's crying because of me, because I didn't talk to her first to say, Hey, we're thinking about taking the title off of you at the Royal Rumble so that we can get this other match. God, I mean, that just sounds horrible even saying it now. So I screwed up. I screwed up. I should have. Before I got the story approved, I probably should have shown it to her. Although it, when you hear the end of the story, it probably wouldn't got, it would have gotten killed even sooner. I'd, I don't know what the right move was here, but I know that I screwed up. And she deserved better than that. She's probably the most underserved champion, that, at least women's champion, the company's had. As far as resources available and resources used.
0: It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the Michael Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge.
3: And while I'm talking to her, I work out a way story wise with her to turn WrestleMania into a triple threat between Beth Phoenix, Kia Stevens, Awesome Kong, Karma, choose your favorite and, and Beth Phoenix. I haven't even gotten this match approved by, by Freebird or anyone, but I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to help, right? Or not backpedal. I'm trying to move forward. I'm, I'm trying to front pedal. I take it back to, to Michael. And the Bellas, you got to remember, were just debuting. quest? So I just did this documentary for A&E about the Bellas and uh, their debut and, and sort of their contribution to the business. And I don't know who all they had on there. Hopefully they got Finley because he was sort of the champion for all the women wrestlers back then. And when they were called up, I mean, this was the guy that was trying to let them do the same techniques and moves that the men do every single production meeting. Hopefully they get Freebird on there because he was the one that ran into the room when we were about to lose him because Bree Bella called John Laurinaitis and was like, look, our contracts are up. You put us on TV or we're gone. And John Laurinaitis calls Freebird and is like, you got to find a way to get the twins on television right now. And Freebird runs in the writer's room. and He's like, we got twins. We got to get them on TV. Do, do, do. And all the writers are like, what? We're not even am I allowed to watch the FCW tapes? You said I wasn't like everybody was so confused and it was all because of Brie and Nikki, but Brie is like behind the scenes jaws of the two of them, right? Like whatever the killer whale one was, Orca, that one that's Nikki. Cause she's more hardcore, like in the ring, but in life, Brie's like, nah, dude, I will cut you. (laughs) So that's why they accomplished all they accomplished. But before the Bellas, And before the women were getting commercial breaks and 10, 15, 20 minute, oh, I'm sorry, here's an Iron Woman match for you between, I think it was Sasha Banks and Bailey. Like, that's sick. That all happens because the Bellas had a reality show called Total Divas and Total Bellas, and it was getting higher ratings than Monday Night Raw. So they started bringing their storylines or creating storylines on their reality show and allowing those to motivate the matches, which was such a sick, Next level business move. Brie Bella, thank you very much. But before they existed, Michelle McCool was having to hold down this fort. It was all on her shoulders. And here comes this jerk rider from LA who doesn't know her at all and has been there not even half a year and he's gonna take it all away. That's a Royal Rumble. And there's gonna be a women's WrestleMania match, and and she's not gonna be in it when she's been holding the fort for this not even PG brand that she's been forced to hold. It was borderline G rating the storylines that she was doing. I, I, she had to put up with a lot. And I think I'm just thinking out loud now, but I think maybe that might not have been the, the biggest slap in the face, but it was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Or maybe it was just a tremendous slap. And, and, and I was an idiot. I mean, that's how I feel now looking back at it. There's an aftermath. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I talked to Beth and she is gung-ho as all as all hell. I mean, it's the storyline of storylines. We had two versions, one where she overcomes all these odds, all these obstacles. And she gets Kia Stevens up in the glam slam. And we talked, can you get her up? Can you get her up? And she's like, Oh yeah, I can get her up. Don't worry. And she could, I mean, she could deadlift a million pounds. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't an issue. And the other was Kia needed to win and we were gonna have a heel champion and she was gonna destroy the Divas Championship and turn it into the women's championship, which is what she wanted to do, which then would obviously turn her baby face. Beth is super gung ho for it. Kia's all in. I even had them do a promo like off of each other, which was gonna be a part of the story, which I think I touched on in another episode, where Kia's just circling Beth like a, like a lion about to play with its food, but instead of trying to kill it, it tries to covet the gazelle, so to speak, Beth being the the figurative gazelle. So instead of saying, I'm going to destroy you, she says, no, 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 no. I want you to join me because you're just like me. You're not these little, you know, Barbie doll bar. And this was all her freestyling. This, I didn't even write this. This was just, let me, yeah, let me give props like Kia just off the dome was like, yo, I got this. And she's just walking this circle. She's like, I want you to join me. All I said was trick her. That was the only note that I gave her. And she starts going in on how beautiful Beth is. And it's not sexual, but it could be borderline sexual, right? But it's more just impressed and you're going to shower them with compliments so they know you're not their enemy, even though you're really just going to stab them in the back. And she walked around her three times, nice and slow. I mean, it was like a Shakespearean play. And this is in front of all her peers. All, like all the other wrestlers are sitting in there. Miz is in there. I think he had this guy named Alex something was his like protege coming up for minutes. I mean, every, everyone was in there. We were like 25, 30 deep at that point. And she's just no fear. This was her. Oh, by the way, her very first promo class, Kia's. Like she, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Don't worry, baby, I got this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I just got stiff harp right on. And she killed it. And she protects Beth in that moment because Beth wasn't the strongest on the mic. So Beth is in this segment that would get over huge, at least in my mind would. And all she's having to do is look strong and be the baby face. Hell no. And then get her at the very end with like, yo, like whatever line would sound good coming out of her mouth, whether it's that's not going to happen or I'll never join you or you know, or just a punch in the face, maybe Batista style. You never know. So we had all this, and I'm feeling good, man. And I talked to her about a triple threat, and Beth's like, "Yeah, the more the merrier." She just wants everyone to get paid, right? So she's like, "Yeah, make it a, make it an eight an eight woman match. So everybody can get their check." And Kia's down, like she she's ready to go. She's gonna be she's gonna probably be the champion. So we shoot that episode that night. That SmackDown. And uh, I get to work. Wednesday was our travel day back. I get to work on the travel day, which is always lovely. So we we land in White Plains. I go into the Stanford office, and I'm about an hour into my day. I'm trying to like sneak a promo off to Brian Kendrick so he can kind of get a head start on it. And uh, and this guy Ezekiel Jackson, they called him. His real name is Ricklin. Michael goes. Freddie, let me talk to you. All right. Go into his office. He shows me me this. He goes, (laughs) he says, you you probably got some crazy fans, right? I said, yeah, sure. You know, I've had my fair share. He goes, let me fucking show you something. He opens the drawer. He goes, look at this shit I got. And he holds up a picture and it's this big leg with a tattoo of him on the leg. And I go, what, man, what are you, what are you showing me? He goes, that's me. I go, well, no, but it's, did you get that too? that tattoo? He goes, fuck no, that's just on some crazy fucker. And I just start, I die laughing. Right. And so I'm disarmed now. And he crosses his arms and leans over the desk. The dude is a lifelong pro wrestler. He's not management, right? But he's trying to be a manager. After about six months he and I were just cool. Like he would go, Freddie, that sucked or Freddie, that was good. And it was just real shorthand with us at that point. But this was when he was still trying to be super professional. And he crossed his hands. And he goes, Freddie, there's a problem with your diva storyline and we need to talk about it. And I said, what, what? What's the problem? He goes, it's gone. I said, what do you mean? It's gone, man. And he goes, it's gone. I said, what happened? He goes, well, Michelle said that you and her talked." And she didn't really like the story. So it's gone. I said, I, I, I was I supposed this is when I first say, was I supposed to ask her like all this? He goes, Freddie, she talked to Undertaker. Undertaker talked to Vince. The story's gone.
4: If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support twenty four seven. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever
2: you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Now, probably the color in my face dropped, right? I don't know. I wasn't looking at myself, but this had never really happened to me before. Like I, it wasn't getting chastised, but it was like, A, your idea is gone. B, you screwed up so bad that this person wasn't comfortable telling you that this wasn't going to happen. They went and spoke to someone else to make sure this wasn't going to happen. Like she didn't feel comfortable being open and honest with me in that moment or, or down that, down that road. And again, in, in hindsight, yeah, I, I, I get it. She, she had to do that. She had to protect the foundation that she had laid down, regardless of what you think of that championship run. That's not on her. She doesn't get to pick, when the studio is too afraid to say the word ass on TV, they're not afraid to show one, but they won't let you say it because of stockholders or because we were changing from one channel to the next. So it was a thankless job. And here I come in just sort of wrecking someone's dream. You know, it's not, it's not a hundred percent on me, but it's not something that I'm proud of the way I, Presented it to her. The I should have asked more questions. I think it was reasonable for me to assume that that championship meant a lot more to her than just a part of a storyline. I think that's if that was her expectation. I think that's reasonable. But yeah, man, I screwed up. I, I screwed up, and I didn't. I didn't like that feeling, man. It was tough working with the girls because I can't. I can count on one hand how many dudes cried in front of me the women there were much more emotional because their opportunities were far far less so if they got anything they like they had to hit a home run imagine getting one at-bat a season and if you don't hit a home run you won't play again ever <laughs> it, it that was the position these women were in. It, it was it was crazy to me, so i I cared a lot. Michelle and I weren't really the same after that, so there wasn't I don't even remember if an apology happened on my I'm saying on my end, she doesn't owe me an apology. but yeah, things things were different. Things were for sure different after that. and then i i I left the company for a little while. And they uh they brought, I think, another Hollywood writer who created the Lay Cool, which was Layla and Michelle McCool as kind of a team, even though Michelle was the champion. And then they sort of had a promise that she would drop the title to Layla when she was done with the business. And when I came back my second time, as that guy was leaving, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of the the Lay Cool thing. I'm not trying to trash it. I just didn't I just didn't think that was the right direction for, for women in their thirties to be, to be acting like that. It just didn't click to me. I know they were looking to get like teenage girls and that's important, but that was the wrong time to pursue the, the role model female wrestler when you're calling them divas. It just wasn't, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't until I think the Bellas kind of blew up the, the women's division, at least in WWE. It's not to say there wasn't women killing it all over the world and other promotions, but the biggest promotion, I didn't say best, I said biggest promotion, where you had the biggest opportunity and the most eyeballs on you was the WWE. And when the Bellas came in there with that reality show, genuinely changed the business and it's so strange when you find these people that that got middled right like a a throwing quarterback in a running quarterback's league if they would have only been born 10 years ago or the the, the, with the rules quarterbacks have if dan marino was drafted today you know he'd have all the records if michelle mccool was coming up now and the same age as Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, knowing what she knows, knowing what she's learned from some of the best wrestlers in the business, her relationship with Fit Finlay was always top shelf. He had her back so much. He was the one that got her the heel hook and got her to allowed her to use not allowed her, but got permission for her to use it, only to have it taken away again. So stupid. I want, I just. I wonder. I wonder where she would be as far as top girls, right? Top guys and top girls. She was underserved when I worked there. She wasn't taken care of the way you should take care of a champion. And that that part is partially on on me to blame. But the company didn't appreciate women the way they do now. And it isn't because the women are so much better. They had some legit, straight-up athlete gangsters on the roster. Eve Torres, or Eve Torres Gracie, can do moon salts and then some, they just don't allow her to do it. She got to do it a couple times, but they had, they had some monsters on there that could work. They just weren't allowed to work. And it was, you know, you hear frustration in my voice. Imagine being one of them. Imagine not commentating on it. Imagine trying to live that. A lot of you probably can male or female. You A lot of you can relate to being in a job where, damn, you're contributing, you know, your work is valuable and you just not even looked at, just not even, not even looked at. And had she not been married to Undertaker, what happens then? What happens if Undertaker isn't in the picture and says, yo, man, you got to dead this. My girl worked too hard to have you, you know, take it away like this. And Vince going, ah, oh, yeah, you're right. I fucked up. sorry. And, which is probably all that happened, right? It, it's just, it, it was a, it was a tough situation all the way around that, that shouldn't have happened. She wasn't appreciated. And, and I guess you know, the other way is, hey, that's that's show business, right? There's plenty of actors and musicians that were born in the wrong generation and not appreciated until, you know, after their their active contributions were were gone. But watch some of her stuff, man. She, she does some UFC moves in there. Go on YouTube and and deep, and deep dive. I know she's not a household name. But it's an important part of WWE history because she was a champion. It's certainly an important part of my short time there, which, and I should have shared this story sooner. I think I just blocked it out. And she held the line for a couple good years there before the Bellas were able to do what they did. And I promise you, not me, not Vince, not Fit, not Freebird, not anyone in the WWE was ready or prepared or could predict what the Bellas were going to do with that business. I want to thank you guys very much for listening. Thanks for letting me confess to you, is this a mea culpa? Is that what you call it? If I haven't apologized to Michelle and she hears this, I owe you an apology, girl. And if you say, oh, no, you don't. It's all good. We were all just doing it. That's nice of you, but I still do. Other than that, I hope all you guys are doing well. I look forward to recording these for y'all every single week. I ain't going anywhere, and I'll see y'all soon on another episode of Wrestling with Freddie right here. Peace. This has been a production of iHeart's Michael Tura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens. But trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: slash iHeart.